Oh. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, hour. I don't have a glass up. <laughs> this is a rare opportunity for us to be recording and so drinking <laughs> late in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is producer's happy hour. <laughs> yeah, it is producer's happy hour. Yes. This is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Thursday, August 20th, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a weekly podcast with two producers on opposite coasts. Christian's in New York City. I'm in Los Angeles, and we're exploring what it means to be a good producer as we come out of this global shutdown and figure out how to get the film industry back to work safely while still navigating the coronavirus. We find ourselves being asked to take on greater responsibilities from a variety of guidelines created by multiple sources. Now more than ever, it's important for us to keep sharing our experiences and ideas. So email us, or better yet, record a one- to two-minute voice memo and send it to us at producershappyhour at gmail.com. Let us know if you're working. Let us know how you're working, what's going on out there. The only way for us to get the industry back to work is by sharing uh, everyone's methods of keeping everyone safe. Yeah, and please share this show with your friends, colleagues, your dog walker. <laughs> we want these stories to be heard, and they're important, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> Because I know that, I don't know about you, Lawrence, but I've been hearing a ton of stories on how people are getting back to work, and a lot of them aren't good. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot, too. And now that I'm officially prepping a job. I know. Everyone, uh, Lawrence took a job. I did. I'm actually working, and I don't want to, you know, I'm not here to gloat. Uh, No, no, please. If anybody out there, this is not gloating, I promise, that we're not bragging that we're working. Uh, I have to tell you, man, it's hard. It is really hard. It's a whole different ball game. Well, how are you doing? I'm exhausted. I, I just got back. I, I had a director scout today, and um, fun. It's it's man, man. Yeah, there's a lot. It's double the work, it's right? Double the work. If 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 at least that. Yeah. The first job I had back was like 20-hour days every single day. Yeah. There's no avoiding it. There's no avoiding it. And, you know, I, I was out of the house today scouting locations in person, which is amazing. Exhausted, right? Well, A, exhausting, but amazing. Uh, you know, we started mm-hmm. early so we could do it before the heat. Oh, did you go in people's out. houses? No, 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 no. We were. It's all exterior. Oh. All exterior. No. So when I left, <laughs> it was early, you know, 6 a.m. And I don't know if you know this, but California is on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the sunrise was mm-hmm. just apocalyptic. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I'm out of the house doing the director scout thing, and then I come home to find Steve Bannon's been arrested. L- I know. <laughs> L- Lyft has ceased operations in California. Apparently Trump's taxes are being allowed as evidence in some court case. An amazing drag queen, Chichi Devane, has died. Uh-huh. I did not hear that's horrible news. Yeah, uh, just a, a whirlwind has happened uh, just while I was. It's because you left the house. It's because I left the house. Whew, mm-hmm. man. Uh, it, it's it's overwhelming. And I do have is. to say to Lawrence, um, I'm so sorry for missing last week. <laughs> I missed you all very much. Just so you know, like it was just it was heartbreaking. But I did not realize how quickly that we could overcommit ourselves in this new time. Oh, yeah. And the the desire to work with people that trust you yes. and rely on you yeah. is large. You know, it makes you feel good. And, of course, you've earned those re- respect and relationships. But 
the boundary discussion (laughs) that we had with Yehuda, Uh just like in the back of my mind, just like boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. And that just doesn't happen, you know? So overcommitting is pretty easy in this era as well. And I agree with you wholeheartedly on like, you know, we've been home for five months and watching the news, Mm -hmm. leave the house and you're like, oh shit, what did I miss? And like, you missed a lot today. (laughs) A lot, dude. Yeah. How are you? How are you doing? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like the, the thing that I've been talking about in my head and with everybody else has been the unexpected thing that's going to happen on your job due to COVID. Yeah, that nobody could have foreseen and nobody like you, you could be all over it in everything and know every rule out there and something just whack you because you have no idea yeah. uh, that this could be a problem. And let me tell you all what it is. I'm going to share and teach you for a moment. OK. So in L.A., you guys have to have permits for children to work, work permits. Mm -hmm. Turns out work permit offices closed. So before, when you were able to book a child, you could book them. They would get a same day permit. Yes. That's no longer a thing. thing. (laughs) So Uh... you can't wait to book your talent until... Even a week in advance, because who knows what will come in. Yeah. But oh, So if anybody wants more information on that, let me know. However, there's this new crop of people who have popped up called expediters. Oh, of course. Who yeah. can somehow, like, figure out how to get you through there. It's not that the offices are closed. It's that they're working from home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can't walk physically in the office and do it like you used to be able to. Right. But you can't go online and do it either if you have a... You could get all the way through it and then one thing is off, like you're over 16 or you've done it before or six months ago or there's some reason that it will reject you. Yeah. So just that's my tip of the day. (laughs) Beware of everything. Beware. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you happen to be filming with kids, make sure your casting director asks everybody as they're being cast if if they have a permit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an upside down world, Kendrick. Yeah. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Well, exactly. Fortunately, the company I'm working for is, has been doing a great job with COVID. So oh, that's, good. that is a very, very good mm. thing. So that aside doesn't make it any easier. It's still, everything's still a challenge and everything's a new discussion no, and it's I'm all tired. brand It's all brand yeah. new. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is, so here we are. I missed you last week. I had a yes, lot of fun doing my own <laughs> podcast without you. I hope uh, the audience didn't. It was very entertaining. <laughs> but today, uh, because we've been working, we didn't have time to any- interview anyone today. So we're going to. Ooh, an archive. Everyone get excited. To a, we have something from a pre-COVID era for you. A pre-COVID interview with a great location manager, Romeo Santiago. But before we get to that, like the original concept of the show before the world's turned upside down. Yes. We were meant to chat about what we're drinking. So, <gasps> Christian, yes. what are you having for happy hour today? Well, so before I rushed down here to get on because yes. um, just so everyone knows, it's after 8 o'clock in New York. Yes. And I was doing stuff and working today. So this was the first opportunity I was able to record. So I grabbed a bottle of damn good Pinot. Ooh. Yeah, from Monterey. But I, but I forgot a glass, so I'm drinking it straight from the bottle. <laughs> what are you drinking always, today, always, Lawrence? <laughs> always the class. Always the class. Oh, you know, um, sisters. Yeah. Today I'm drinking a new beer by Stone Brewery. It's Ooh. the Buena Neveza. It's a salt and lime lager. 
Ooh. which is lovely on a, a summer heat wave night here in Los Angeles. That like, where Is it now. assaulting your lime? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're too much. Is it delicious? It's delicious and it's nice. refreshing. And nice. I've had a very long day, so it's uh, well-deserved. Well-deserved. So yes, it's been a long day. It's been a long day. There's a lot of stuff going on with healthcare within our own industry. SAG has altered their eligibility requirements by raising them a hefty percentage. Mm-hmm. People are up in arms because we're in the middle of a pandemic. So now they're making it harder to get insurance. They are going to raise the earning floor for eligibility from 18000 a year to twenty five, almost 26000 a year. And that starts January 1st. And the trustees, this is from an article in Variety, the trustees said that without restructuring, the plan is projected a deficit of $141 million this year. Uh, people who are, you know, the, all the actors we know names of, this doesn't affect them. But it's, it's affecting all the working actors, all the commercial actors, mm-hmm. all the people we see in our mm-hmm. casting rooms, mm-hmm. you know, job to job. And um, Well, so basically I believe that it is set up that it's um, the same across the board, mm-hmm. meaning that um, if you make a gazillion dollars a year as an actor, you still pay the same amount. Yeah, exactly. And so um, what they're saying that it should be is that if you make more, you should pay more and pay for those people who are the struggling actors. Right. And there's something happening with PHBP. I know nothing about this. I've been well. So this this is an editorial by Sister Christian. (laughs) (laughs) The old school model of production company being a union. It's kind of dying and it's been dying for a while. And so PHBP then in 2013, 2014 started taking in staff. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we all know these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sean Cooley was on. You can go back. I think it was episode 106. I don't remember 107, something like that. You guys can go back and just listen to it. Right. And right now um, they service about 1500 freelancers Mm -hmm. and their families. Mm hmm. About 2,200 um, staffers or vice versa, something mm-hmm. like that. But altogether, it's like 3,800 people. So I'd like to know, and this has been, I'm railing, I've been railing for this answer for so long, is there's so many more of us out there than 1,500. Oh, yeah. So, so much more. more. So PHBP really only services, in my opinion, cannot service more than 25% of our community, if not way less than that. Yeah. And so PHBP has been certainly good to their members, but they've had to restructure it year to year because they can't Mm. afford the good health care like I used to have. And so now there's the fights up again Ah. on Copros. And that's all I was saying. Like, Ah. yes, they service the ones who get it. Fantastic for you guys. I love it. But employer based health care is just not something that, you know, is a model that we can sustain any longer it's 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 definitely not so um between sag and phvp i mean and everything else that's i mean if nobody's working yeah i can't i i um, I mean you know if nobody's working mm -hmm. just that statement alone you know it's like talking to uh one of my crew members who's just been desperate for some days Mm -hmm. putting kids through college Mm -hmm. trying to get days on any job possible had four holds Mm -hmm. all went away except my job it's just Mm -hmm. heartbreaking it's heart-wrenching to be honest 
I got I got home and I grabbed a coffee at my local coffee shop, Vita Ca- Vita Cafe. You know it, right at the end of my street. Do you see the girl with the blue hair? No, no, she's at Maru. She's at Maru. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I did okay. see her though. She's back. But, <laughs> oh, good. but I know all the people at, at Vita as well because we're there literally it steps away from my front door, so we see them all the right. time and get to see them. They're back. They're serving coffee, and she's like, "Oh, did you hear mm-hmm. the news? We're shutting down. Next Friday is the last day." I'm like, what are you going to do? I mean, everybody who's roped it along know, for this long to stay open. This was, August rent, was it. That was everyone's deadline. Mm-hmm. The rent went up. What? The rent <laughs> went up. And they tried to negotiate. And the landlord says, nope, get out. Pay or get out. It's just that's it's all. Really. And so I've decided that I'm going to open my own Marfa, Texas, upstate New York. If, it, we, if everybody wants Christopher to Christopher and I were just talking about that. How do we create a new well, Marfa, Texas? Well, our well, our friend Ahmet just found 300 oh, acres. Really? So anybody who wants to come in on it? Oh yeah, we already have plans starting to draw to draw up Sign plans. Sign me up. All right, let's 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 throw to the interview. Let's learn some stuff about locations back in the good old day before we had to worry about all this stuff from Romeo Santiago. Oh yes. But first, go to our website, producershappyhour.com. On there, you're going to find a tab, a page called "Do the Work." That page has a lot of anti-racism resources for you to educate yourself on the issues of racism that have long plagued our society, as well as actionable things you can do to support the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's especially important in production. The the solutions need to be bottom up, not top down. Exactly. We can all find um, a handful of black directors. Mm -hmm. But where it needs to start is at the bottom and people um, having the opportunity to um, work in every crew position, not just the top level positions. And I like to normally Mm -hmm. feature a petition, but today I'm featuring the What Matters 2020 campaign Mm -hmm. by Black Lives Matter. And what this is, is a campaign aimed to maximize the impact of the BLM movement by galvanizing BLM supporters and allies to the polls in the 2020 U.S. presidential election. This election, man, it's just... (laughs) Post office. We've been harping on it for months, people. (laughs) And then... uh, The other page on our website is the Take Action page. Um, Last week, I put a link on there to uh, a a new or refreshed list of financial relief opportunities for people in the entertainment industry. There's also Power the Polls, if you can sign up to be a poll worker because there's a massive, massive shortage all kinds of other resources are on that website. So also, too, I'd like to uh, give a little homework if uh, anyone's interested in some homework. Um, CNN has a series called with W. Kamal Bell called United Shades of America. And he just this previous episode on this week was called The Time for Reparations. Mm. So what I felt like it did was explain reparations in a way that um you know, white people can understand. Yeah. And it just explains, you know, uh, what they are and why it needs to happen and how we can all move past guilt and those kinds of things if we just, you know, settle on, a, you know, a solution. Great. It's the, it's the beginning of a solution. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll throw a link on uh, our website for that and in the show notes. All right, let's get on with our interview, shall we? Romeo Santiago is a location scout and manager for commercials, music videos, still shoots, and many other things, like the episodic show The Biggest Loser. He started in the business in 1993. He came up as a production assistant and dabbled in coordinating. 
One day while on set, a producer asked Romeo if he had a camera and asked him (laughs) if he could go scout something the next day because their regular wasn't available. He took his Nikon and shot, processed the photos at the local lab, mounted them onto legal folders. Remember those? (laughs) And the presentation was so good that it started his career. Well, now we know how old he is. Yes. (laughs) Since then, he has worked for Pitka Film. Woof. Uh, Tool, Dector Film, I love Dector, Mm. Scott Miller and Company, Bob Industries, NBC, and so many more. And remember, guys, this is pre-coronavirus, but it was a great interview to hear. And we we may have been drinking during it. We may have been drinking for this. (laughs) Let's take a listen. Christian, we have our first in-studio guest. I know. I'm very excited about this. I happen to be in L.A., on a job, and Lawrence and I were able to meet in studio together. Fancy. I know. Romeo, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming down. So we started with a little bit of background about you, but what are you working on now? Give us a little recap of what's what's going on with you and uh, location scouting and managing. I was supposed to scout something today, but this was important. (laughs) So I was able to push it to tomorrow. (laughs) Thank you. So tomorrow I'm scouting farmer's markets. Oh, So I get lucky. Sunday. Well, because, yeah, they're all in function on Sunday. I could probably, um, you know, get more luck scouting farmer markets on Sunday that exist as opposed to ones that don't exist on Monday. That's true. That makes sense. So that's what I'm doing. And and today for our cocktail, since we're all in studio. We're all together. We're sharing the same cocktail. We are trying slow and low, 84 proof rock and rye. 84 proof? Yeah, be, be careful this. right I now. Know. Don't go scouting after. <laughs> well, you, you can only smell it. <laughs> Ooh, Delicious. Wow. Yeah. That's well, actually kind of nice. I know. It's kind of smooth. Yeah. I feel like a country boy drinking this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of nice. Are you much of a drinker, Romeo? Not really. I tend to mm-hmm. fall asleep if I drink a little too much yeah. or, or get, you know. Yeah. Talkative. We don't yeah. get too talkative. Mm-hmm. Well, now we know. Well, now Loosen we know. Up. Mm-hmm. So do you find yourself doing more scouting or location managing or, or both? Do you scout and manage the same jobs or do you I, break it up? I mean, I like managing more than scouting. Okay. Because it's given to you. This is what you're, you're dealt with, so you have to work with it. Yeah. Scouting is still a little, you know, a little iffy. It's like you're trying to find that needle in the haystack. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you're going up that hill and you're like oh i got it and then they call you and you're like no that's not what we want no that's way off (laughs) and then you're like oh i just climbed this hill let me come back down the hill and Uh redirect so i like managing it's i still like the job about 90 percent of the time Mm -hmm. there's that 10 percent now that's kind of leaves a literally a bad taste in your mouth yes it's the uh i don't know sometimes the municipalities don't have a a backbone with the residents, and so you have to yield to them, or right. And, sometimes hmm. you know that, and then the extortion on top of that really leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. So this is kind of the topic of this episode: yes. is location fatigue, ah, right? And mm-hmm. I think LA is definitely experiencing it. I don't know about New York, Christian. What do you think? New York absolutely does. There's the mayor's list mm-hmm. when you get your permit from yep. the mayor's office. There's hot zones. Mm. So if a neighbor has been filmed in too much, then it goes right on the hot zone and they cool it down for a year or two. Well, they give us unofficial moratoriums from the film office. They say, oh, don't go to this neighborhood. It's been shot too much by television or movies. Oh, bastards. You know, I'm always coming <laughs> in after bastards. those guys. It's money. It's, uh-huh. you know, I don't have, have that right. type of money in mm-hmm. commercialville. So, <laughs> they, you know, I always have a resident saying, oh, so-and-so paid me 500 for this, the park in front of my house, or 1000 I'm like, well, I don't got that. So it's, you know, everybody thinks we have a a wallet that's endless and it's, oh, I know. 
it, it's not. It's a different time than it was 20 years ago when we all yeah. got into this business 30 years ago. It's different. It's it is. Yeah, I used to feel like back in the day, which I know mm-hmm. we're not supposed to talk about, but this is <laughs> this is this, is, this fits. Mm-hmm. People uh, looked at producers as if we were sitting on a pile of cash and just deciding who it went to. In some instances, that was kind of true mm-hmm. when we had big, massive budgets. budgets. Mm-hmm. Now it is definitely not true. It is the furthest from the truth, and a lot of times it wasn't true. You know, all that money is accounted for and spoken for. And it's challenging to go into these neighborhoods that uh, have been overshot. Mm-hmm. They're sick of it. And they want to be compensated. And that's all you usually. They all, know the game. They know the game. It really comes it's down to that. It's a side right? hustle. And I always tell my colleagues when we're doing this, if we're actually doing our jobs as scouting, we're getting new stuff. I like to go to a new neighborhoods. Yes. I don't like to go to the same place. Yes. Let's not go someplace that's been burnt. Let's yeah. get some new greenery. Mm-hmm. That, and if you're a scout, I think we should be able to do that. And if you guys... As producers, give us an extra day or two. We'll get Cold that. Scout, yeah. mm-hmm. But when you say, go back to Orion Avenue. Oh, my God. And then you're like, well, we have all know what it's like. We've shot there, but we're going to pay three or 4000 for an HOA or whatever. Yes. Wow. Yeah, wow. Orion, uh, Christian, Orion Avenue is a street. I think it's Sherman Oaks, right? Yeah, Van Nuys. Van Nuys. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is beautiful, picturesque, gorgeous homes. And been shot three million times. So what the neighbors did, and correct me if I'm wrong, Romeo, is they formed an HOA solely for filming. And that HOA, to film any house on that tiny little street, little residential street, you have to sign an agreement with the Mm -hmm. HOA. You pay them a a fat fee to the HOA. Mm -hmm. And then the agreement in the HOA is that if you park any single thing in front of any of those residents, that residence gets X amount of money. How much? On legal street parking? It depends. It, yes. <laughs> On, On legal street. street parking. But, so that's why I always say, do your job as a scout and go elsewhere. Yeah. Go to two or three blocks but, north, you know, south. But, you know, these days, I remember, you know, we used to have 14 days to go scouting I or know. whatever. Now we got three days. Now we got three days. And so what are you going to do? You're going to go, I know this house exists on Orion yeah. Street. And then that's what we end up going to. And then you're like, okay, well, you're going to pay. Yeah. Or, because you also reach out to um, house agents, I like to call yes. them out here. Oh, location services. <laughs> yeah, yes. there's some good ones and there's some not so good ones. Well, I'm sure you have relationships, and with that's some. and that's what this business is. It's mm-hmm. all about relationships we built. So, and that saves time. Yes, it when, saves time, and it, it, it cuts to the chase. Mm-hmm. You know, X amount is going to be this, and then we, you know, this is what I have in my budget, and we make it work for this. But sometimes, you know, it's it's a different mentality because these people think they're always going to get the same amount for their house no, no, uh-huh nevertheless the format mm-hmm. yeah they don't understand be, the difference between the yeah. format budgets it's hard to describe to them like when i tell them this is going to be for the internet or it's just going to be you know in-house they're like always saying really and then a month or two later it's shown somewhere else and you're like i'll get a call they're like hey we just saw this at 2 a.m on tv you're like I apologize. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I don't know how they're going to show this. And that is something that, you know, we, we have to put out when we do castings. What is the initial intent right. for the use of this project? And that is what casting fees are based on. Nothing else is based on that. So when, when you go to talk to, to residents, say, oh, this is only internal. It's only for the web. That probably is the initial intent of usage. Yes. But then somewhere down the line, they look at what other licenses are involved, what and other li- and the location like, contract says that we, something in perpetuity. Vague, like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's so Nothing. vague. So they're like, oh, well, we can use this for anything. This says we could use it for the 
side so, of a truck. It, or so then that turns us into liars. And I don't like the lie because this business is all about honesty. It's honesty. your integrity. Yeah. And relationships that we've mm-hmm. built over two or three decades. And people don't understand the new. Two or three decades? How old do you think I am? Well, I mean. North. I remember when you had more hair on the forehead here. Uh, <laughs> very true. You had more back when you and I met. I remember too. So uh-huh. you were a younger, leaner man. So. Okay, it has been 20 years. It's been, so, it's been some time, but, you know, this business is all about loyalty. I like to use the same vendors. Like, I came up as a PA and I still use the same permit service. The same, I use the same police. For me, it's about loyalty because if, yeah. if at the end of the day, you want to have that type of relationship. Yeah. You know, producers, unfortunately, they come and go, but I'm still going to work with these people on the next job. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah. and the thing is with producers nowadays, you know, I find myself working for people half my age and they, uh-huh. and they call themselves producers. And uh-huh. I'm like, well, what is your background? What, how did you get to be a producer? Do you know what we need to do for the process to have this happen the way you want it to happen? What I find nowadays is the younger people don't know. Yeah. And I don't know. Well, I mean, there's titles given out sometimes to uh, individuals yeah. that make the, that may not fall under the realm of what we do as producing. Actual producer, or the way we yeah. came yeah. up in the, in the production world. I mean, and, but that's, a, that's, time. Yeah. But that's a big part of why we're doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than lamenting about, you know, oh, it was so good back in the 90s. You know, everything was amazing. No, rather than doing that, we want to kind of educate the young producers that are coming up now okay. yeah. in this rapidly changing media landscape about the process that has been instilled in this industry over decades. And, you know, it's theirs to change it, but at least they have the background. They have to have a standard. They have to maintain a standard. Because this is how it's done. Set protocol and, like, structure. Yeah. Yeah. We can't supersede the way things are. We can't keep doing shortcuts because people are going to get hurt. Yes. And I'm all about safety. Safety first. At the end of the night, I want to go home to see my wife and kids. I want my Security guys, I want everybody yeah. to go home. My layer board guys, everybody on my vendor sheet, everybody needs to go home at the end of the night. Yeah. That's all we want to do. Yeah. Is go home. At the, <laughs> at the end of the night, yeah, after 16, 18 hours. Well, no, we want to get home earlier than that. Well, but. yeah. <laughs> not locations, first not, day. Not, not, not for you. You know, when somebody's on the call sheet says, oh, yeah, I'll come at 430. I'm like, are you serious? If I come at 430, the poop's going to hit the fan. Nothing's going to be right. So I come when caterer comes. Like, I have to unlock the gate. I get there at 330. I get there at 3. Right. Mm-hmm. So and then why? Hey, what's this overtime? You yeah, yeah. What is this overtime? Card? I'm like, well, <laughs> if I didn't open the gate at three, the caterer would have been sitting on the street cooking there, and then you had to move into position. And then they look, they're like, oh, oh. And Romeo, I've had that happen. I've had location managers show up a half hour before call, and it was a shit show that my yeah production managers mm-hmm. have like saved mm-hmm. because like, uh, what happened here? Somebody didn't think it was important to get there at 3 a.m. Well, but. that's the thing. I know I've done my job when I look at everybody and I see everybody running around doing their job. Then I take a breath and go, okay, I'll have, enjoy my BLT. I did my job. I got everybody in. I, I landed the unit, <laughs> parked everything. And this was way before the team service even came into commercials. Yeah. I used to park the whole unit. That's right. I remember That's that. That's how they do it in New York, yes. by the way. I, I mean, I parked everybody. What, location manager? Location parks? manager parks everywhere, yeah. including really? the teams. See, I'm oh, old. yeah. We don't have gang bosses. They don't right. come on the tech scout. That's right. The only person who can is locations. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the guys that I work with. They're great. They get it. They help me a lot. They take a lot off my plate when I have to deal with an angry resident down the street who's uh-huh. upset that there's a motorhome in front of their house. At least I could talk to them one-on-one while he's landing the rest of the unit. Yeah, that motorhome uh, for one day on the street. Interesting. Yeah, that really helps. <laughs> and, and, and that's why I like transportation captains. There's some really good ones exactly. out there. Yeah. 
So I applaud everybody they are, for working they are together. Lifesavers. When I finally kind of graduated into union commercials, you know, it wasn't long after the Teamsters kind of stepped in because I started in features and I was trying so hard to get into commercials. And the way I had to do it was do with these low budget non union things. And then once I got into the, the union landscape and the Teamster landscape, I was like, I love you guys. This is amazing. The work they do and the, the way they move these trucks around. The and way land they park, them. it's so precise and it's, it's, you know, and they think about every aspect of the yeah. job company move, yeah. like who needs to come in first, everything. One thing we should say, Romeo, you're based in L.A. and work on the West Coast. Christian, you're East Coast mostly, although you work everywhere in a future episode. We need to talk to an East Coast, yes, New York style location Absolutely. manager because it's there are definitely some different. differences. Yeah, I, I've heard there's difference. Yeah. in how they save parking over there. They, they, oh, coneheads. Yeah, they, that's kind of interesting. I'm like parking PAs. Well, no, for for checking parking, I always find it, it behooves us to have somebody overnight now. If, right, it does. If you want to have yeah. that spot tomorrow, clear morning, clear. You, let's pay the extra three hundred bucks or something to get somebody to sit there overnight just to. Yeah, as a courtesy to the residents yeah. or the merchants, we're coming tomorrow. Please move your vehicle before 6 a.m. And I think this is a part of location fatigue is we used to just be able to put up the signs. And people would read them. And people would read them and honor them because this is a filming city. But now people don't read it because there's a little confusion sometimes. There's like six signs on that, top of each other. On, that is, I call it the, the totem pole. And I can't blame some <laughs> of the residents because I look at the sign. I'm like, this is for Thursday. This is for Wednesday. This is for Tuesday. Where is uh-huh. the one applicable to me? Yeah. It's a Sunday, and you're like, well, that's why they park there, because... Uh-huh. It's confusing. It's very confusing. And, and also, I think people don't give a shit anymore. Well, I... I Can we say that? I just think they don't read. Well, I don't think that there's They're any tired. repercussions they get home. to them parking. I mean, well, it says tow away. Yeah, it says I, see, I don't tow like towing. Away. I feel bad. <laughs> towing is a karma for me. I feel like I'll go out of my way to knock on doors and have security move people around. Yeah, yeah. But I hate towing, because... You know, it's three hundred, four hundred dollars. I do yeah. remember in the nineties, we towed a lot. We towed in New York. That was that was, but I felt, I felt awful about it. But I always see like, a lot of production managers when that resident comes back and goes, "Where's my car?" And then they, if the resident box a lot, PM will just give in and go, "Okay, here's the money for your tow." And I've seen that uh, happen a really? lot. It's like people give in. It's like, okay, please don't get upset. Here's four hundred dollars. Go get your car. And they're like, okay. I've seen that a lot last year, and I thought well, that was weird. So again, just in a difference, NYPD, uh, when you pay for the tow service to come mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. they'll just tow the car to a, a legal space down the street. Oh, that's nice. I know, so. Oh. That's kind of different. All right, L.A. Well, I mean, I did a music video last December, and the permit was not correct because it was a music video, and they didn't do it right. So as a courtesy, I, I know a guy. Uh. <laughs> so I called him and he moved That's the car. why you hire Romeo. He moved the cars that I needed out of the shot, which was nice. You know, we, I didn't, oh, I didn't want to, I'm not like that. I don't want to create havoc for other people. I mean, it's, yeah. Even though they can't read, it's still. But too, like, you know, six hours into the day, like inviting them to catering isn't going to stop the anger. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, exactly. People are just, mm-hmm. It's LA people. It's like, oh, all right. Uh, Price of doing business here. Price of doing business. Exactly. So, Romeo, we're kind of talking about all these facets of your job and the way the way we work. So, and that's something we want to get into is how do you kind of go about what are your first steps when a job lands in your inbox, you're put on hold or a job's booked and you get some scripts or boards and you look at them. What are your first thoughts? Because you as a location manager and, you know, I have a lot of directors that Maybe they have their favorite scout or whatever, or they, we already know what location we're going to. But I always insist, okay, I'll hire your scout. I want my location manager, at least if I'm in, I'm in L.A., because like you said, 
a loyalty, a relationships. And I know how you work. And, you know, there was a time where, you know, budgets were a little flush and we'd go into a neighborhood that was problematic. I'd give you a wad of cash and you just made all the problems go away. <laughs> and I never had to hear about anything. I really didn't. Well, it's not your, you shouldn't I have know. to hear about it. You have to deal with your client. Right. And that's how exactly. I always, so you're the head of the department. You, you know, that's for you to handle. I like to right? do rogue things to make sure everything's done. I'm, I, the great thing about Lawrence is as long as it's been taken care of, it's not important to him how it's been done. As long as it's taken care of, don't fill my brain up with these yes. things. Well, yeah. And I don't need to. Don't bore us with the chorus. Don't bore yeah, us with say. the chorus. <laughs> exactly. But of course, Details, it's all not done. not necessary. I will footnote that. It's all Eth- done ethic- legal, <laughs> legally and ethically. Oh, yeah. And all in accordance with production company guidelines. Yes. I get your receipts. And I, <laughs> you know. It's, yes. It's, you know Nowadays, it's uh, you know, those things have changed and budgets have shrunk and we don't yes. have wads of cash to hand out to neighbors. And you're or not businesses. always working with people you know. You're not always working with people you know. So all these things kind of come into effect. So I'm sorry, I, I sidebarred. But Going into that, like, what are your first steps when you look at a project? Well, like next week's job, for example, they they tell me they have a house they're interested. There's two houses in contention. So I ask the location service for what the address is. So I see what my, I got myself into because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it's a good neighborhood or a bad neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So from there, I, I, they say, oh, okay, let's, can you marry something to this? So I'll go out and scout something that I have to marry to that house, for example. But what I like to do is see what, the area is like, I like to know what I got myself into. I might run a free, you know, try to see if it's been filmed a lot, you know. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. I want to yeah. know what do I you send it over to the permit office and ask them. Do a frequency report. Frequency ask, report. Yeah. yeah. See what they, they say. Hey, oh, this is a hot zone. No, it's not a hot zone. You're fine. And then from there, I'm like, oh, okay. And then, you know, from there, I, 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 I dissect that email. It could mm. be very vague, but then I'll go, okay, where are the shoot dates? What's your budget? How big is your crew? And, you know, this is where all the truth comes out from a producer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Let's say a week down the line when they told you it was a crew of 20 and you have a crew of 60 and then you look at the call sheet, you see 80. You're like, who does that? How did, oh, sorry. How, yeah. does, how did this go <laughs> from a 20 happen? to 80? Yeah. That's not only yeah. calling you a liar on the permit yeah. because you've turned it in. It's also hindering our yeah. production. Yeah. And, and I'm now looking for a parking lot that has to be three times the size for a base camp or crew parking. So, in a day. because In a day. Yeah. yeah. You went from 20 and they're like, oh. We have behind the scenes now. We have entourage. Oh, we added a star motorhome. You're like, yeah. Oh, so We're, now from a small production got big. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but which is, it happens. I know what happens. Not to that extreme. Yeah. Right. But this, our jobs do grow. They do grow. They mm-hmm. do grow. It takes more people than we think at first blush. The moment it does, though, the the call to the keys. Yeah. Departments yeah, yeah, exactly. to say, hey, it's grown. Hey. It would be a heads up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. each department has to take that information and then and share it. Yeah. They, you know, like I have to call my security guys. I exactly. Call my permit services. And I always check, are you guys open? Make sure this is available. Any, so my permit service will also look in there and say, oh, let, I'll ask them, do you have any other permits running in that area? Mm-hmm. And then they'll tell me, oh, mm-hmm. no, no, that, that's okay. Or you have another crew around the corner and I'll be like, right. oh, yeah. oh yeah. that's happening to me next week. So uh, somebody's already part, holding the, that. The place where we would have parked is. Taken. Taken. So we're going to be a little further interest. away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the process is I look at that email, I dissect it, I see what's what I got myself into. It's all about information, what the producer's about to convey. Interesting. And usually it's pretty truthful, but sometimes you'll get a little rogue and you're like, oh, that's not right. You know, uh-huh. you it doesn't allow you to do your job and it doesn't benefit anybody. Mm-hmm. No, no. But no. I don't know why they do that. We don't either. No, but that's what we're trying to <laughs> that's what explore. We're trying to is explore. To, so right. knowing that um, 
I mean, I mean, your point, man. You should be you honest. You are. So when you first interact with a producer, it sounds like you already told us exactly what you need, like crew size and budget and those things. But is there anything that you, what type of support are you expecting from a producer? A producer who usually has a good production manager. And they always tell me, mm. hey, reach out to so-and-so. They'll get you all your insurance certs. We'll get all your location agreements. They'll do all your POs. And that, that really helps. Mm-hmm. I'm all about emailing. And usually Lawrence will have a really good PM. And we'll go back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. text, we'll, we'll email. And things will get done within minutes. Sometimes you get on a job where you email the PM or coordinator and they're like, Five hours later, like, <laughs> hello. Um, we've been busy. We've been getting ready for a pre pro. I'm like, okay, but I needed this insurance or like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now it's going to hold up the premise. They're like, why didn't you tell us? I'm like, look at, you know, I keep a detailed time stamp of everything on the emails. I'm like, well, I reached out to you five hours ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't bother approaching about anything. Unless I need something, I'll reach out to them. Otherwise, right. you'll never get an email from me hmm. or a text. That is true. So just know that when it's it comes urgency. in from you, it's, it's urgency. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not like, hello, what did you do last weekend? You know? <laughs> so support for you is um, staffing and financial. It's a good team. Well, I do notice that in L.A., there's a lot more checks required and payments required. Yeah. Uh, there's several different departments within the location that get paid. Well, yeah, everybody wants payment up front now. Because, of course. You know, things Trust. have happened in the past. You know? <laughs> and I could use my relationship. Bernie wants. Yeah. <laughs> so far with like the parking vendor or the permit service. But at the end of the day, they, they, everybody wants something to show that they're getting paid. Well, you don't want that call a month from now either that says, hey, you know that job we did a month ago? We've not been paid yet. Yeah, that's Can like. check on that? They're like, yeah. Then it's embarrassing because now exactly. I need him next week for that another lot. You know, mm-hmm. so it's all about relationships and this, how to succeed in this business. Exactly. You know, you can't be any fly-by-night people. And like, Well, there are. And that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> and what are those red flags? Right, but what well, are, yeah, like, how what, do you know? How do you know? Happened? And what signs do you get from a producer that it is maybe a little shady or it is going off the rails or there might be something they're not telling you? Like, do you ever get those kind of moments where you're well, like, wait a minute? When they say they don't have any money and then I see a process trailer, oh, off-the-shelf catering. They say they have no money, and I see all kinds of expenses, and I'm like, "Wow, for a job that doesn't have any money, you're spending." Technocrane is a huge giveaway. Mm-hmm. The Technocrane and a process trailer, mm-hmm. you know, all these little pieces on one day. Come on, yeah, right, yeah. I'm not totally blind to silliness, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, so there's money there, but obviously not towards our department. I know you guys have to always shift money towards other departments that are under and over mm-hmm. and all that. And I get it. I do my best to try to But would it help? That. So here's a question. Would it help you if the, how I would approach that would be, hey, we're going to have a process trailer and a techno crane and all kinds of toys with an 80 person crew, but I only have $15,000 yeah. for location. And that's, yeah. All Tell my me money, how I can do this. All my money is going to these tools my director needs. Right. Well, then we have to do it either after hours, on the weekend. Right. But mm-hmm. using you as a source to make a solution to the problem yeah, instead of saying, I have no money for you. Yeah, and then I mean, surprising then, you. Then ask me and yeah. I'll tell you how we can fix this. I, I find right. myself as a fixer a lot of the times. I'm like, well. This, of course. Locations yeah. managers are oh, fixers. Yeah. This is how you can fix this if you want it to work for 15000 You are a fixer in a sense that you are calming the neighborhood. 
You're yeah. making sure that we're all going to be parked and fed and, yeah. <laughs> and to be and invited holding back. for you. We want to be invited back. Of course. We, that's the thing is. That's all freelance. We all have longevity. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to be doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean. Knock on wood. <laughs> so let's, let's be welcome back. That's how I look at it. Some people are like, nah, we'll never come back here. I'm like, don't oh. say never. Never say never. Never say never. Because you might Although not. I can say that I I know for sure that I'll never be able to afford to film in Pasadena again. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> really? I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I mean, has it? Pasadena is notoriously expensive. Well, expensive. It's, you know, when they when people say, oh, Santa Monica, Pasadena, all the police officer rates are over $100 an hour. It's like, those, that, uh, they don't get work. that. They get half of that. Right. For, and the other half goes to the city. Goes to the yeah. city. Exactly. So, you know, I just don't want people to think, oh, cops are making hundred some dollar, hundred twenty five dollars. No, they're not. They're not. Yeah. But no, but I mean, I can it is it. expensive, but right. You know, they have a look. I mean, there's definitely a look there that you I'm can. I'm saying I don't know if I can afford oh. them again. Oh. <laughs> I'm not. Oh. I love not Pasadena. I think it's a beautiful town. Yeah, no, I no, think no, everyone sure. should film there if you can. Yes. Yeah, but I've had to start looking, like you said, in other, other neighbor, options, other neighborhoods. Yeah, I mean, that, there's and there's like, a lot. Like, town like I said earlier, if you're Park. a scout, you'll do your job. You'll, find, uh-huh. you'll, you'll go to other municipalities. Well, I'm finding Koreatown or Echo Park. There's large houses in these areas that haven't been overfilmed yeah. yet. And yeah. there's not fatigue. And if yeah. you're willing to drive like the Hacienda Heights, La Puente, West sure. Covina, there's large houses there too. In the zone. But for in some reason, zone. it is in the zone. Exactly. For some, reason, for some people, once they see the 605, they're like, oh, where is that? It's too far. I'm like, open your eyes. It's just on the other side of that freeway. You're making something happen for 15000 Yeah. Right. You're not going to get 15000 past the donuts. Exactly. You need past to, the donuts. <laughs> you need to go to... West Covina. Right. But that's what I would do. I would would try to rely on the department that I'm dealing with, like the location department, to solve an issue that I have. And that's good. When you do that ahead of time, we could kind of direct you and steer you. This is where you should think consider going. Don't go to Abbott Kenny in Mar Vista where, you know, it's overshot. And then you want that look. And then you're complaining about the money. It's like just because some agency guy stayed there two weeks ago. He now wants to go shopping there. That's not going to help your budget. I mean, oh. no offense, but I see that all, Nailed it. all you know, the time. You know this business so well, right? Just, I know. You're very somebody observant. Somebody ate dinner there, and they're like, oh, I want to film here tomorrow. I'm like, well, cough up some money, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. So aside from having a strong production manager and being upfront mm-hmm. and honest about the scope of the job at the get-go, are there other aspects that you've seen in the producers you like to work with that help you do your job? You're so autonomous, though, so this is, might not go anywhere, but you know your job so well, and you, you go off and you do it, and you don't really bother us unless there's a problem. Are there other things that production do to support you and what you do? Well, a producer that will look after me or the crew and say, hey, you know, after certain hours, you should go. You don't need to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, save some time here on the, your overtime, or mm-hmm. they'll cut me loose knowing that I, the next day I'll have to be here You'll, super early. Yeah, yeah, your yeah, turnaround. Yeah. My turnaround, you. and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll accommodate that. But a good producer will always look out, not only for the production, but for me. I f- I'm a human, too, you know. I feel, right, right. you know, I've just put 16, 18-hour days for the last three days. How about just letting me take a breather? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Let me have that. So a little humanity. Yeah, you know, we're all here to work and have a good time sometimes. That's the good thing about this job. I get to see things people normally would pay to see. I, get, I know. I mean, yes. we're all blessed in this industry that... Yeah. You know, people pay on to go on vacation here, and I'm here for you know I'm I get to work it. You know, Vegas or to be. I get to go to Seattle or yeah. I get to go to San, whatever. 
wherever yeah. they send us. It, yeah. It's a it's a good job. That's why I still like it. I remember I remember doing a lot of car jobs in the late nineties and being on the side of some gorgeous mountain at four thirty in the morning, watching the sunrise in some city I would never just choose to go to on my own Ever. and be like this is fucking amazing. Yeah. I mean, right? you know how many people would give just to have that ability to get out of bed and see a sunrise yeah. every day? Early on in the career, I'm like, oh, this stinks. I'd have to wake yeah, up. Me really. too. Me too. But now I'm like, I appreciate being able to see a sunrise and a sunset every day. It's a lot of people don't. And yeah. I think we are blessed in that sense that, yeah, the sucky hours suck, but yeah. It's, Listen, it's, I also feel that we choose what we do for a living as freelance people. So if we're no longer happy, we should choose to do something yeah. else. Go, go. Like I said, I like the job 90%. I, I, mean, <laughs> I love every morning I wake up and I can't believe I have this job still. Yes. It, it's, it's every day. It's, it's a, people try to get, the, you know, they aspire to get into these positions and it's, mm -hmm. it's a good job. Yeah. I mean, I, think we're, I love we're, my job. We're blessed. Mm -hmm. And I think as long as it, it goes the way it's still going and we still smile a little bit once in a while, yeah. we'll be okay. <laughs> right. You know, if it's not the clients going back to the producing thing. Yeah. I find, I don't know, some producers can't reel in their client or the director. What's up with that? So is that trying to just keep their longevity to stay in good terms with them or? It's a, it's a dance mm -hmm. and, and every dance is different. And there are some directors that, yes, it's a longevity thing. There are certain ways you can push them and control them. And there are just some ways you can't. Okay. There's also a political thing Aspect. going on between you and the advertising agency. Mm -hmm. There may have been some promises that they made without you knowing or some things that oh. were in the deck, the treatment. Yes. Before you kind of even start. And it's like, no, you have to, but we don't we have, have to this. deliver it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I got to oh. figure out how to do this and I can't shut it down. And then sometimes you just might have a bulldozer of a director that you have no control over. That's rare. That does happen, mm -hmm. and there are some producers that can't control it. Mm -hmm. Well, I just like going back to the Pasadena or other municipalities. When they say 10 p.m. wrap, it is a hard out. Oh yeah, they yeah. don't care who I know. you are. No, your cars will trucks will sit there at 10:01, and you'll come back <laughs> the next day. So when I start to get fidgety, I always warn everybody two hours before I wear pumpkins. Mm -hmm. It's eight. You got two hours. You got another hour to shoot. And it's my favorite thing that a location manager does out here. What's that? We have two hours to get out of here. You, I mean, you want to keep, you know, and I've been <laughs> to places where they get like, just keep shooting and rapping at the same time. I'm like, that's not going to work. You know, and then, then now I have to rely on my re relationship with the officer who I've been, sh you know, talking to for the last eight hours. And he'll mm -hmm. be like, okay, I'll give you a little grace. And then I'm like, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's same thing. It's a relationship we've built with these guys. And if they're like really nice and they, you know, we get a good report, they'll let us stay. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's all about the relationships we all have with these guys. CHP, LAPD, Pasadena, Beverly Hills. It's all about relationships. So if producers are going to rely on us for that type of assistance, mm -hmm. they also have to do their job and say, oh, we do need to leave at 10. But yeah. he's going to give right. us a 30 minute or one hour grace. Hmm. So as an upcoming producer for a new producer, keep that in mind. We're here to help you guys. You know, we want to yeah. get, get your shots. but don't push it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so have you seen changes in L.A. in terms of location fatigue? Have you seen it shift? Because obviously Orion, we've talked about Orion Avenue. Right. Pasadena is mm -hmm. expensive. Altadena, I think, maybe mm -hmm. is getting a little it's fussy. Yeah. Have you seen location fatigue shift different areas? 
or different vendors or different neighborhoods? Well, I, or? I, I see, I see, as you know, as you know, the, the budgets have gotten smaller and the prep times are gone. The scouting days are gone. I see us now getting calls a week before the shoot. It's like, oh, wow, we need this location and we need it cleared. And now I'm like, okay, you know, I'll drop whatever I'm doing. I'll go help and do it. But then I see these locations that are kind of asinine. <laughs> You're like, you want to film here? I could film somewhere else and it'll be better. And they're like, no, this is what we want. This is what the agency presented already in its book. And you're like, oh. Has it been booked off of a service or off of Look, a place well, like Peer Space or something? Peer Space and Gigster and all those places they have now come into play. Yeah. Yes, How does that have. affected you? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it, it, it frustrates me in a sense where they're like, hey, look, we got this for this amount. How come you can get it for this amount? I'm like, yeah, but that's for like 10 or 15 people. You're coming in with 30 to 60. It's going to change once you start talking to this homeowner. And it does evolve. And, and then they start, oh, no, now we want 5000 Now you're back to the same rate that you were going to pay a location service. Right. So these small gigster and peer spaces, it's, I call it bait and switch. It kind of is. I was talking to a friend who was saying, oh, you should check this out for what you do. I said, you know, I have looked at those things. And a lot of them, that price mm-hmm. is for a crew of 10. Yes. And for six, uh, you and know, for like six hours six or eight hours. Or, and, so, so and there's it's like, very limited hours you can get in there. And, and, and some of them are small and they can't, can't, you can't park the whole crew. You can't park no. there. An 80, 100 person crew. And there's no there. posting. There's yeah. it, this whole, At all. It, and, they, and a lot of those places don't get permits. I've, I've started to realize it's like, oh, they didn't pull a permit. They're just going there hoping no one will say anything. And I see that. Yeah. The main question I'm asked is, it's private property. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. It's private. I don't. Where are you going to hide these five cubes on this <laughs> private property? <laughs> yeah. You're going to stagger them down the street, and yeah. somebody just go, hmm. I think you're filming here. Let me see your permit, and then you'll be like, permit? Oh no. Oh, it's print. Yeah, it's yeah. print. Yeah, there's, we're a crew of ten. I see ten there. I see ten here. I see twenty over there. I mean, it's... yeah. Right. There's times when I, as budgets have gone, when we. Um, have to do without a location manager i yes i I, i've I've seen and heard that so what Mm -hmm. i'll do sometimes is contact a scout and just say can i pay you a day to just let me look at your files okay look or we'll help finesse your permit Mm -hmm. we'll push it through for you we'll help you Mm -hmm. pinpoint what you need to do that romeo do you file pulls i don't even really know what that means on your end i know we use that term a lot but yeah what what do you consider a file pull and do you do that i mean i'll file pull to an extent but I always have learned. Share your secrets, basically. <laughs> <laughs> file pulling, it, it's, I don't know. Producers nowadays, they want you to do a file pull. But it's I like, know. we're not going to give you the whole kitchen sink here. We'll show you some. We'll show you some. But, you know, we've learned as location people, you don't want to give them everything. Yeah. Because if you give them everything, then, you know, there's nope. some unscrupulous producers out there. That will, they'll go behind your back and reach out to them and do things. And I've seen that. Wow. I would really. Yeah. I, I'm that I'm shocked. Really? <laughs> the audacity. Well, from, I would never think to do that. No, uh, Christian literally just clutched her purse. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. So, uh, we we've, we've learned we've all learned to be very protective of, of our contacts. I mean, I think we do the same thing when companies call us and they say, "Oh, who do you use for this?" or "Who do you what do you do for that?" or yeah. "Can you take a look at my budget and tell me what?" And it's like, uh, mm-hmm. "We might help you a little." Yeah, we're here to help. You know, I'll help with a file pull just to try to get a job awarded. But you know, you, for, you need to, to really to get actually the management job. You would do I a would file help facilitate. Pull. Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll give you a few options. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll suggest. Right. Yeah. But I think you need to actually still scout it. I mean, I've been on jobs where they've done file pulls. Yeah. And then you've gone to the 
Oh, and it's, I, you go uh, to the location yeah, and your director scouting, and then like, hey, that building is gone. We've all done <laughs> that. and that file pool was like two or three years old, and you're like, yeah, happened to me in China. Do you, do you keep files? <laughs> I keep files. You do, but, but I, I mean, like I always say, this is just a reference. Yeah, you know, but I think three years old the photos. Yeah, these and, are three. You know, I, mean, I think yeah, after two or th- change, yeah. color of house. After could two or three years, you know, the bushes have grown. Everything's different. So right. I, you know, I like the cold scout. I'd like to actually do something, do my job. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but the, your job description has changed from when you first started doing it, though. I mean, sometimes it's like a psychologist. That's what it's, well, 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 that's what it's morphing into <laughs> exactly. now. Though. You know, you have to read the homeowner. You got to read the production company. You got to read the director. You got to read the producer. Right. But the days of cold scouting are basically, I'm not yeah. going to say over, but um, oh, so now happen. you've it's changed still, occasionally. It, it does still happen. Yeah. But yeah. um, the moment you give a file pull to a producer, they may even keep those files. Oh, it's yeah. Like, we all know it's. It's keep, not the. We know. We all know it's around. kept in on Dropbox, and it's all <laughs> shared with thousands of other producers. We're not oh, silly. I, I, if I were only well, <laughs> if I were only that organized, I don't. Keep <laughs> I don't keep anything. I really Are you don't, kidding? I don't. Well, I just know. We rely it, on you to keep it. I keep call sheets. Exactly. Yeah. Well, good. You keep call sheets. Yeah, we keep That's files, it. but it's just. Yeah, you know, like where's that house I had? And like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, there's some unscrupulous producers out there. That's all I'm going to tell you. For you, what would an unscrupulous producer do to you? You know, part of this podcast is talking to the young producers out there and, and educating them on the right way of being a producer and what it means to be a good producer. Mm-hmm. What does an unscrupulous producer look like to you? Well, somebody who will, let's say... Um, it can be an anecdote. We don't have to name names. Yeah, of no course names. I would. No names. Somebody will take our files, mm-hmm. get, a, get the addresses, and not call us to manage. Uh, and then the job has happened. And then I'll get a call from that homeowner saying, hey, so-and-so is at my house. They damaged this. What should I do? And then I'm like, oh, they oh, used that house. The house that you showed That I showed. Them, and they didn't pay and they you. Didn't, they didn't compensate me. They didn't compensate And now you. they're shooting rogue. And you're, then you're like. That's shady. It's all about honesty. It, it'll come back full circle. We'll know who did what. Wow. So that I've had that happen. So uh, that homeowner too is um, upset, and then I disservice. They don't want you to then, offer their yeah, house the, again because now they're like, "Hey, you showed our house to them. Now this is kind of on you." And I'm like, "Well, I didn't do the damage. It's, it's it makes me in a hard situation." So for producers, the bottom line is they got to be honest with. I mean, the location manager, production yeah. manager, mm-hmm. be honest with your budgets. Tell us what you really have. We'll perform. I'll give 110 percent. You yeah. know, as long as well, you're upfront with me. It seems like you don't know how to give any less. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. So. so, I mean, that's how I am. I just, with that work ethic, I think we'll, we'll all succeed. And I think that's all, at the end of the day, is what we want to do. Yeah. Is perform. Absolutely. Awesome. Romeo, thank you for spending some time with us and chatting. Oh, you're, you're welcome. I, Romeo, wait, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, my emails are real simple. Romeo, Romeo at iCloud.com. Romeo, Romeo. There you go. All right. Thanks, Romeo. All right. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks to Romeo Santiago for that uh, pre coronavirus interview. Oh, yeah. I mean, good stuff, right? Yeah. So, um, the show is edited and co produced by Rob Bloomkey. Artwork and logo designed by Christopher Daniels. And our music was composed by Kyle Puccia. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're back next week. Until then, stay safe, stay connected. And stay active. Yeah, and you know what? 
Wash your damn hands. Still a thing. Wash your hands. Wash them like really good. 20 seconds. Don't touch your face. Clean your phone and wear a mask. Again, it only protects you and everybody else. Be sure to send us your voice recordings or your emails or questions to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Lawrence, how can people reach you if they want to get you? LawrenceTLewis.com or VoiceOfLawrence.com for voiceover work. How about you? People can get me at SisterChristianProduces.com. Bye, all. See ya.